Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 to 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. As bad as it is for the Jets, at least we're not the Jaguars, who today fired their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, and then demoted Blake Bortles. So now, Cody Kessler, you may remember him from such games as Relief of Deshaun Kaiser in Cleveland, will take over for at least this week and likely the rest of the season at quarterback for Jacksonville. Well, guys from USC keeping jobs. Who, I mean, that's just the way it works. <laughs> Jacksonville is just free-falling through the standings this year. I mean, look, they've lost seven in a row, 
and they went from Super Bowl contender to now they're a big time also ran. All right, now they decide to make this, and this is something that completely baffles me, but at least they're doing it now. Blake Bortles has not been terrible. He's not been awful. He's just been somebody who turns the ball over too much, right? Because their philosophy of winning was they were winning with Blake Bortles, and Bortles was fine. But Bortles, when you're a limited quarterback, and he is, you can't turn the football over nearly as much as he does. When you're a guy that's not going to put points on the board, if you're built on a really good defense and a good running game and you can once in a while have a 300-yard game, great. But when you can't do that and you throw two picks a game, you're going to lose your job. And that's the whole reason. That's what went on. Now he's lost his job. And I'll give you a big, bold-ass prediction for next year. We watched Lamar Jackson. Now everything is messy in, in Baltimore because here's Lamar Jackson winning and providing new energy and Joe Flacco is getting ready to come back. Flacco's going to be a Jaguar next year. He'll be starting for Jacksonville next season because the Jaguars will figure we are a a quarterback away. We can't start over with one in the draft. There's not enough time because our team is built to, quote, win now. So we're going to go get a good veteran, and Flacco will shake loose because he has to at this point, and he'll wind up being the quarterback in Jacksonville. That's how that part of the quarterback carousel comes to an end. Well, certainly going to be shuffled. They had their opportunity to draft. Shuffle it. Yeah, exactly. We've been going through the the greatness of the hockey uh, calls of Doc Emmerich over the course of the night. Flipped heading it, in uh, to it, the studio. I've checked it. Jason into the boards at least three times. Knocked it. Now, the Bortles demotion makes sense. The firing of Hackett does not. <laughs> All right, you, you missed Leonard Fournette. That was the key to your offense last year, as anybody forgot. You ran the ball, you limited the amount that Bortles had to put it up, and your defense showed up for four quarters. That's the kind of the formula that worked. Here your defense is giving up big play after big play. Ornette's getting himself thrown out of games by throwing punches. And, well, then Bortles being Bortles. Yesterday, 226 total yards. You get the running back ejected, two touchdowns reversed. You have a missed field goal, and you got to have a fall guy. And there's your fall guy and Hackett, who will be hired by someone very quickly. For Bortles, yeah, it's it's Flacco. It's Eli Manning if they try to resurrect him one more time. Although, since the Giants staff showed no confidence of him throwing the ball more than eight yards downfield against a, a bunch of guys that came off of the, I mean, Vince Papali kind of dudes. Hey, you want to play some football? <laughs> Turn the car lights on so we can watch you run some routes. That's what you had in the secondary for Philly, and they still didn't bother to test him. But yes, there will be a new quarterback. They decided to push in on Bortles. What they need to do is go find whatever wherever the heart was uh, that got stolen out of that defense. Well, th- well, this is this is why this move is a month too late. Obviously, the Jaguars are done, right? They're three and eight, and and they're finished. Is that you see two of the big quarterback quandaries right now? We saw the big news in Jacksonville, and now the Lamar Jackson talking about with Joe Flacco. Does he get to keep playing? He's set a record most yards rushing first two starts for a running for a quarterback, and you know, they put up 34 points yesterday. Yes, it was the Raiders, but there is something to be said for change for the sake of change, and not always does it work, but sometimes just a new energy, a new, a, a new way of doing things is better than, hey, going from quarterback A to quarterback B, because on the surface, could you say that... Cody Kessler's going to be so much better than Blake Bortles. No. Can you say that Lamar Jackson is a way better quarterback than Joe Flacco? He may be at some point, but right now, it's not like he's providing so much offense, but he's providing enough, and he's doing it a little bit differently. When you can have change for change's sake, 
Sometimes it works. And that's what's happening right now. It's going to happen in Jacksonville because the whole Blake Bortles and, and the image of him being a limited quarterback is hanging over the team. So now that's out there. Now that's out. They'll go play fast and loose and put points on the board. The same thing is happening in Baltimore right now. With Lamar Jackson out there, it's a different kind of energy. The players are already saying, hey, go out and watch Michael Crabtree. Go out and watch the show. He's doing something great. We're all set with either one of our guys. This was Joe Flacco's job for a decade. He won a Super Bowl, and now they're ready to turn the page. Because when you get a different energy, it doesn't matter. It's the philosophy in firing a manager in baseball. Because sometimes you fire a manager, and no matter what, you're going to get better because there's a different energy, players are put on notice, and it doesn't matter if the guy's a good manager, if he's a bad manager, it's a different energy and things can get better. And that's what happens sometimes when you make that change. It doesn't happen all the time, but right now you're seeing at Jacksonville and Baltimore, that kind of change is great. Well, you only get so long after a big, big run before the pressure starts, right? We've been talking about Harbaugh's job in Baltimore for weeks, going back to the preseason. What's going to happen here? Joe Flacco, you know, no longer in elite conversation, more should he be starting at all as you roll forward. And, and Lamar Jackson, there's still some rough edges around there, but if you got 53 guys now playing with their hair on fire for him, that's all that matters. He may save Harbaugh's job before it's all said and done. You're getting a little more innovative with the offense, getting a little more creative. In Jacksonville, the biggest thing I'm wondering is how the good place on NBC is going to deal with Bortles' demotion because he's not even quarterbacking anymore. That's one of the key figures off the screen is one guy just talks about him all the time. He he should get residuals and some money for that, but they'll get a little bit of a boost, but Fournette's going to appeal his suspension. You still don't have that consistency and finishing on offense. Cody Kessler's not that guy, but We'll see how it plays out the final five weeks before we may see some additional changes there. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. More big quarterback news today. Andy Dalton, done for the season, has been placed on injured reserve by the Cincinnati Bengals. Kind of a shocker. Didn't see it coming, but... He is now done for the season after getting injured yesterday in a really horrendous loss to the Cleveland Browns. So his thumb injury is going to keep him out. And now he lost to the Browns too. Jeff Driscoll's going to start. And they picked up Tom Savage on waivers. Yeah, there you go. As their backup quarterback. The and return again, of Savage. And again today, all you saw was here's Tom Savage with a job and Colin Kaepernick still waiting for an opportunity. You know what? This is this is the situation, and I'm sorry. How if if you feel that Colin Kaepernick has been unjustly pushed out of the NFL, but the reality is his career is over. I mean, every time I'm gonna every time people say it, I'm gonna say it. He's suing the league. He's not been in the league for almost three years. No one's gonna sign him. No one knows how dedicated, what kind of talent level he's gonna bring to the NFL. No one knows. Because he hasn't said it. He hasn't clarified his position on anything. We hear that he wants to play, but we don't know. We don't know how he's doing. He won't say anything. And his career is over. Whether you think rightfully so or he's been screwed out of it, that's irrelevant because he's done. No one is giving him a chance right now, and no one's going to. His career is over as far as it goes being a player in the National Football League. It's done. And a lot of this, and and certainly it's we've seen so many quarterbacks signed, cut, re-signed, shuffled up, flipped, whatever you want to term it. There there have been so many quarterback changes. It, it's, we can't even take that Cleveland jersey. It's three times as long, the number of guys that have taken a snap this year. 
Whatever you think of the Kaepernick situation, I, I just ask one thing. And at this point, with the amount of investigating that's been done, at least allegedly been done in this entire process, there wasn't a paper trail from somebody. No, somebody. You, you, you nobody's would, got an email. Now. We would have nobody's known got a like. I firmly believe you've got a, a number of owners who probably don't do anything digitally, right? Mm-hmm. Because we know there's some college coaches and people may mock it. No trail. All verbal, whatever. And I'm sure there are a few owners that are still that way. But at this point, so many people have been talked to, deposed, and all the way through in, in terms of electronics and everything else that nothing's come forward for that. That's the only thing I, I raise my hand on at this point in terms of proving the collusion case. Do I think it's, it's odd that he hasn't shown back up? Sure. But eventually, as soon as you sue the league and you're out two plus years, it becomes a difficult proposition by which to make a business decision for an individual team to say, that's our guy. And if he had come out and had been very above board and open on what his career goals were and been somebody who wasn't a mystery, he would have a job again. He would have a job. You go back, he would be a raven if his girlfriend didn't tweet out a picture comparing Steve Bashotti to a slave owner. He would have been back in the league. But that was the biggest thing that told teams, you know what? I don't know what we're getting from him. I don't know. He's an enigma wrapped in a mystery that is filled with a riddle filling. That's kind of who he is. And the fact that he never came out and said, okay, I need to make sure people know who I am, know what I'm about, know what I'm for. And he never did. He did kind of a little bit, but not to the extent that made NFL teams comfortable with saying, okay, we can bring him in. It's you do your due diligence on guys. And if you're not, you're not convinced enough he's not somebody that is talented enough to say well forget it whatever he's done i don't care let's bring him in it's not like aaron Rodgers was out there or it was tom brady well i don't care what he likes believes and he's coming in he's a great player he needed to do that and he didn't do it he's why he's not in the league that's and there were what, efficiencies in his game and certainly we can look at stats and you chop it up uh in in different ways there, there was certainly some aptitude to to be had but we go back to the we talked about joe flacco at the top and needing a change of scenery because the new guy's there in the Super Bowl's a long time ago. We talked about it last week um, before the holiday, holiday, holiday. Same thing is eventually you, you run out, and that's an awful long time ago. That's a career and a half in NFL terms. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I'm going to defend Odell Beckham Jr. The second straight time we're talking about Odell, and I'm defending him. Okay. Yesterday. The Giants had a big lead over the Eagles until the Eagles came from behind to win 25-22. Philadelphia missing four of their top five cornerbacks in the game, and the Giants did not attack the Eagles' secondary at all, especially in the second half. And you, even if you're a fantasy player, you saw so many experts saying, load up on Giants. This, the Eagles' defense is decimated. Load up on Giants. Well, the load logic up, said load that. Up, load so up, Pat right? Shermer said, we're going to zag. And what happens? The Giants do not try to penetrate the Eagles' secondary in the second half. They run 21 plays, and the Eagles come from behind to win. When Odell Beckham was asked about this following the game, this was his response. I don't call the plays. I just do what I'm told to do and go out there and execute. Uh, Whenever I get an opportunity to do something, I try and make the most of it. If I don't have that many opportunities, all I can do is is do what I can when I do have an opportunity. So that's more of a question for Coach, you know, coming in. Knowing that they struggled in, in the secondary, personally, I would I would have loved to attack them, um, but it wasn't in our game plan. You know what? Many people are going to go, oh, you're going to say Odell is causing problems. No. Odell said what he had to say. 
because Pat Shermer has shown one thing this year, that being the head coach of the New York Giants, he is out of his depth for it. Because his reasoning, when they asked him after the game, and he defended today why they didn't throw the football more in the second half, was he's, his actual words, his actual words were, when you have somebody like Saquon, you need to be able to do different things. Right? That's a problem, have, though. When you have somebody like Saquon. But they and didn't give the ball to Saquon in the second half either. He had five touches in the second half. So his statement and his strategy goes out the window, and I can't believe him because what he said was factually incorrect. Like, if they gave the ball to Saquon Barkley 20 times, I get it, but he gave it to him five. Forget the depleted secondary and all that. These are NFL football teams you're playing, and, you know, we, we took advantage of some things, but, you know, it doesn't make sense to throw it every down when you got a running back like Saquon as well. If I really? have really? four guys signed off the street, that were not on this roster two, three weeks ago that are now starting? Uh, the answer is yes, Pat Shermer. You're supposed to be an offensive innovator. That's why they hired you. I'm, I'm respecting four guys that the Eagles brought in off the street. Stop with the, oh, this is NFL. I mean, I know you want to go to the, you want to go and, and die on the hill of, we have to do Saquon Barkley and get him the ball. Look how great he is. Well, okay, give him the football. You gave it to him five times. He touched the ball once every four plays yeah. in the second and half. And he had a fantastic like, game. There's it's no not question. like you gave it to him 20 times. Right. Well, we tried Saquon and it didn't work for us. So his explanation doesn't hold water. Oh, it defies a lot. He's completely out of his depth right now in New York. And you, there's moments you see for players and managers when you go, okay, you know what? You're really out of your depth. And this is that moment that Pat Shermer really, the job is too much for him because he can't even tell the truth. In a post-game press and conference. And he breathed life back into the Eagles. Oh. Odell Beckham Jr., though, coolest thing, also gave a custom-designed Joker card to a kid in the crowd. So he's got those going with a Joker theme. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. You realize that in the NFL, you can come back from that. You can come back from 0-2. It's not something that suddenly you're out of it especially this year. You could have started 0-6 and still be in it. I mean, there's only six teams that are, you could say, are eliminated with no shot at the postseason. The Jets, the Jaguars, yep. the Raiders, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the 49ers. Those are the only teams that are out of it. Everybody else, if you're 4-7, and seven, you're still in it. You still have a punch because your chance. Because 8-8 sure. could get you in because most of the NFL stinks. And that and that's the that's the thing about this year. It's great. It makes things exciting because hey, everybody is happy. Look, the Lions fans are happy as heck. They're going, yeah, we're four and seven, but you know, we're still kind of in this. We can still make it. There's no difference between the Lions and the Vikings and the Redskins and the Seahawks and Tampa Bay and Atlanta and the Packers and the Titans. They're all the same. They're all the same. The Cowboys. They're all the same. Well, I'll I'll take the, most of the quarterbacks that you said there over Matt Stafford. When you started with the sure. Lions, aren't much different. No, than, but I mean, but you're you're still you're you're in the same boat as every other team. Yeah, you're, you're just one or good. two games off. Exactly. You know, like I said, if you have seven losses, you're only thinking we can only lose one more game and well, maybe sneak in at eight and eight and get help. It was funny in the pregame show. Uh, you know, Jim Gray always has his conversation with Tom Brady, and and Brady spoke to that point. Uh, you know, when people look at the the Patriots and say, well, you know, how do you match up? The question was specifically, how do you match up with the Saints and and the Chiefs or whatever? It's like, well, you know, you you do what you can. You you're limited by personnel. The one thing in the NFL, like if you look at what we do, you you only draft 
because we've sustained success, you're drafting deep in the first round. This year we get Sony, but a lot of times you're you're trying to pick pieces and trying to build on the fly and you adapt. We get everybody's best punch. It wasn't an excuse, man. You just say, look, and here's the NFL. They want to push it towards eight and eight. And this year they're being very successful. You've got one of your stars of your league <laughs> highlighting that very point in the pregame going, they're trying to drag everybody back to eight and eight. <laughs> and somehow we've been able to avoid it thus far. Everybody has a chance, and many teams still think they have a chance no matter what. Here's Aaron Rodgers. After the Packers' loss yesterday, dropped them to 4-6-1, and one, outlining the Packers' path to the playoffs. Record-wise, we're going to need some help um, from some teams, and then we got to take care of our own business. You know, we're going to have to find a way to win a game on the road. We're holding 6 on the road. I can tell you 8-7-1 and one won't get in, though. I don't know. 8-7-1 and one might get in. I mean, I know you, you're, you're saying this to say, listen, we can't expect that we can lose a game and still get in the playoffs, but 8-7-1 and one might get in. Their only tough game they have coming up is against the Bears. They got the Cardinals and the Falcons, then they're at the Bears, which is going to be really, really tough. They're at the Jets, who will have quit by then, and probably the Lions will have quit by then, too. But that, that's at home the final week of the season. Or the final five are, are very winnable games, and Aaron Rodgers historically had played the Bears well. Hell, earlier this year, they got a gift when Kyle Fuller couldn't grab the ball. Otherwise, they should have lost that game, too. But you're talking about running the table and winning five in a row when all season long, you're 4-6-1, and one, right? It, and, that, and that's the thing about why 8-8 eight eight gets in the playoffs, why I can't. I can understand Aaron Rodgers' confidence, but reality has to set in for a lot of teams, is that I get it. They're still in it. They're 4-6-1. and one, They're, in, they right? still, they're still in it. And you're talking about, well, we got to win out. We got to run the table. And everybody says, we're going to run the table like it, they, they can say it and make it happen. It's not, it's, it's, forget about winning five games in a row is really, really difficult, but they say it like it happened. There's nobody that I can look and say, this team's going to run the table. There's nobody because the NFL, of the teams that are struggling to make the playoffs, the NFL is just not good. It's just not good. The overall talent level is, is very watered down across the board. We've seen it more this season than any other one. It makes for exciting football, and it's fun that you're in it. I'm pissed that the Jets could be in it if they just weren't so bad. But <laughs> the thing is, is do you really think the Packers are going to win five in a row? I mean, really, they're 0-6. They're going to suddenly catch fire. But but Mike McCarthy is getting blamed for everything on Twitter every five seconds. He makes a decision to punt on 4th and 14, and it's, why are you punting on 4th and 14 from your own 20-yard line? Oh, McCarthy's got to go. They, they, it's not like they have guys coming back from injury. It's not like their offense is rounding into shape. Everybody's and it's not got like Aaron Rodgers has been really good. Everybody's got problems. He's no gotten one's a free win pass. Five in a row. You are going to see mediocrity in the playoffs. You are going to see at least one eight and eight team in the playoffs this year. Sure, one team at eight and eight will get in. And I want to see another seven maybe, and nine, so two. people lose their minds. You, you could see that. I mean, it sounds great. Oh, but we got six. No, nine and seven is going to win a division. That's number one. And nine. nine and seven is going to win the NFC East. So that absolutely is going sure. to happen. And you're going to see 8-8 eight and eight get in the playoffs this year. That's the reality of it. Keeping it interesting, keeping everybody excited and glued to their seats for Week 17. No meaningless football. No Sim nope. Jim Sorgies, although he would have been starting in Week 8, <laughs> the way quarterbacks have shuffled through this year. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. 
But tonight was a huge win for my Houston Texans. My Texans. Yeah, I, you've been claiming them for uh, the them, entirety of the season. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, and here they are. Eight in a row with a big win tonight. Joining us now on the hotline. Three sacks this evening. Christian Covington. Christian, congratulations. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. So when you had three, are you thinking four, five, six, all-time <laughs> records in my sights? I'm just, I'm just thinking, doing my job every single play, no matter, uh, no, no matter when I'm out there. So that, that was, that's my mindset going into every game, and obviously I was able to get the ball rolling a little bit. But you know, credit to you know my defensive line, and this defense, you know, helped me out with that. You know, it was a great team effort, great, you know, great defensive effort, great team win. Did you guys ever raise an eyebrow saying Mariota's holding it on a little too long because he doesn't want to uh, throw an incompletion, so maybe I can get him again? Oh um, man, we just we uh, we take what's given to us. You know, we know uh, we know we knew what type of quarterback we were going against. This man can make the throws, and he can run, and he can make he can make plays with his arm. He can make plays with his legs. So, you know, our my our mindset every week is to be able to, t- to attack. But at the same time, you know, we knew going into this game, we had to you know keep a special eye out on him. Did you know that he was perfect going into the final drive of the game? Did not know. All all I all I all I knew was. Uh, all I knew was we just had to get a stop. That was it. <laughs> get a stop, protect the lead, right? That's that's yes, all sir. it was. I was looking at the scoreboard. <laughs> yes, sir. So tonight, obviously, the big play by Lamar Miller was a big jumping off point for you, 97 yards. Take me through what's going on with you on the sideline when Lamar Miller breaks through and suddenly everybody is watching to see if he can go all the way. You know, that's just, uh, that's just a, you know, we get preached on about, uh, you know, playing complimentary football. So, you know, for the defense to be able to come up with the fourth, uh, fourth down stop right there, uh, you know, that was huge to be able to get, to be able to give our offense the ball back. And for Lamar to be able to do what he did and break off for a 97 yarder, you know, that's, uh, that's huge. That's just playing complimentary football to a T. That's just defense feeding off of offense and offense feeding off of defense. So that's what we, you know, we get harped on about that playing complimentary football every week. And, you know, that's just a perfect example of it. Eight in a row now for you. Was there a moment when you guys were 0-3 that you can point back to and say, you know, this turned our season around? No. You know, we know this team is a, this team is a resilient team. You know, no matter, no matter after a win or a loss, you know, this team is going to act the same way. This team is going to react the same way. This team is going to work the same way. We're going to practice the same way, maybe even harder. But other than that, there was no, mo- there was no moment of, uh, you know, uh, there, yeah, there was no like true moment that I can pinpoint and, and tell you guys exactly. We just knew that, you know, obviously we know that we're in a bind. Nobody wants to start off 0-3, but at the same time, you know, what all we had to do was just keep working, and you know, we're gonna get we're gonna get one eventually, and you know, we're able to get this going now. So we want to just keep it going. And obviously, this weekend, uh, you guys playing with a lot of emotion with the the passing of Bob McNair, you know, the presenting of the ball post game. What was what was the scene like in, in the locker room afterwards? Oh, uh, you could say it was emotional. Absolutely, you know, we lost a we lost a great man. And, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to the McNair family during this time. And, you know, just uh, because we lost, we lost a good one. You know, this man loved this, this man loved this team. He loved this city. He did, uh, he did, he did a lot for, you know, the community. And, uh, you know, for us to be able to do that to, you know, Cal McNair uh, and get, be able to give him the game ball, you know, that was just great. And we just, we know that Mr. McNair is looking down on us from above, you know, celebrating this win as well. Big win tonight, 34-17. Christian Covington, three sacks on the night as the Texans win their eighth straight. Thanks so much for stopping by. Keep on keeping on. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Big stuff. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fox Sports Rules Analyst, former VP of NFL Officiating, and probably three glasses of wine into his night so far. It's Mike. I'm sorry. Bottles. Bottles it. It's Mike Pereira. Mike, what's happening, my friend? 
I, I'm kind of taking a breather on the wine, you know. I mean, I've, I've made so many trips lately. I got to head out again tomorrow, so yeah, I, I kind of ease it down to one bottle. So, you know. Oh, that's kind of good. Disappointed in myself. Oh, they- <laughs> Boy, that's first world problems with Mike Pereira right now. <laughs> <laughs> ah! Well, uh, happy belated Thanksgiving. I know you spent a lot of time this weekend uh, doing a lot of stuff. I saw you on TV all over the place. Let's start in the NFL. We saw Leonard Fournette get suspended for a game after the fight uh, yesterday against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, how do you feel that whole situation was handled? When you know, looking at it in retrospect. Well, I mean, I, I think it's chaos, and that's what you had. Walt Coleman on his crew, you know, it starts, it goes off the field, you know, in front of the stands, and, you, you know, I, I thought they actually did a pretty good job. They, they disqualified four players. Um, one of them was for an unsportsmanlike conduct, which was a second one that the player had received. He got one earlier. So, you know, went into the tunnel, and then you had the shouting in the tunnel. But, you know, in our days, it was really interesting. We didn't treat the fights the same. We just stepped away and let them fight. And and we pulled out our cards, and we we see a punch, you'd write down 72. You know, that punch, you write down 13. You know, and then, then it was all said and done. When they kind of got tired, you all got together and said, okay, what numbers do you got? And, and you throw out six, eight guys. And, and, and now they're in there. They're in there trying to break up these things, you know, which is impossible to do. These guys are huge, and they're aggressive, and, you know, and it is dangerous. But I thought, I thought in a, you know, in a tough game, which had 23 accepted penalties in the game, um, I thought they did a reasonably good job of trying to keep control. And, um, you know, you hate to see players ejected. You hate to see them suspended. But, you know, when it gets to this point of the year, when so much is on the line, you know, you've got to try to keep control. And, and they did the best they could. All right, Mike, let's talk about one of your favorite rules I know in the National Football League. Uh, Grimble of the Steelers heading towards pay dirt. Instead, he fumbles it into the end zone, out of the end zone, and the touchback occurs. It's lighting the internet on fire and having people go after officials left and right. Uh, Can you explain it to the audience like we're (laughs) five-year-olds? Well, I I mean, first of all, don't go after the officials. Go after the rules. No, sure. No, no, no. If you don't like the rule, you know, I mean, but I I, I look at, here's the thing that you have always treated a fumble that goes out of bounds in the field of play different than it goes into your opponent's end zone. That's just been the way it's been with loose balls. Whether you pass it in the end zone, kick it into the end zone, you put the ball into the end zone. You didn't put the ball out of bounds in the field of play. So therefore, it has always been the feeling that it's more punitive, should be more punitive. If you fumble the ball, make the create a loose ball to put it into your opponent's end zone. And, you know, I don't want to complicate the rule anymore. You know, when we people suggested, well, you know, okay, don't bring it back to the spot of the fumble, but okay, let's maybe put it back to the 20. And then is it first and 10 at the 20 or a repeat to down at the 20? Look at, hold on to the damn ball. And if you, if you fumble the ball forward into the, you put it into your opponent's end zone, it's like taking it into your own. If you go backwards and out of bounds short on your own, you know, and you don't, it's, you're, you get the ball there. But if you go into, you take it into your opponent's end zone, it's a safety. It's different. So to me, the rule's dead. It's not going to change. It's time to really focus on some other 
stupid rule, which we do have them. Um, but I think I think this one's not going to change. Okay, to that end, what's the worst rule in the NFL? If you were czar and they let you just make one big change, what would it be? Well, I think the worst rule, and I've said it before, and they never listened to me, but I, I hate the pass interference penalty. I don't think it should be a spot foul 40 yards downfield. It mystifies me how we could have a grab of a jersey 40 yards downfield on a ball that likely was not going to be caught, and you get a 40-yard penalty and an automatic first down. But you're running downfield, and you're an offensive receiver, and you push off on a play, on a pass that was likely not to be caught, but close enough it's not uncatchable. What do you get? Uh, 10 yards and no loss of down. So I, I think it's inequitable between offense and defense, and I think you put so much pressure on the officials and, and you know, because they know – you know, how how critical the pass interference penalty is, I think it should be the college rule, maximum 15 yards. Hey, you, you, you know, you grab a guy's ear and you pull it off as personal foul, you get 15 yards, you know. You, you know, there, there's the only thing that gets you a 40-yard penalty is pass interference. So I think it should be just like college, spot foul. If it's short of 15 yards beyond 15, then it's a 15-yard penalty. Committee doesn't like it because they're worried that you'll take away the deep vertical passing game. I say watch college football. If you're close enough to commit pass interference, you try to make the play. And um, and so that give me the zone. I don't want to be the commissioner for a day, but if you let me and let me change one rule, that'd be it. Mike Pereira, Fox Sports Rules Analyst, our guest here on the Jason Smith Show with Mike Carmen. All right, you mentioned college football. And we saw this great seven-overtime thriller this weekend, LSU and A&M. It was awesome, but it's seven-overtimes college football. Is it time to tweak those rules a little bit when you see these games starting to become a little bit more, uh, occur a little bit more often than they have in the past? Well, I, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, maybe yes, because I don't like it. I mean, I didn't like the uh, the seven-overtimes. I think it is a player safety issue, a game that goes five hours, and, you know, when they set up this version of overtime, when college football did that, all of a sudden they were getting games that were going three and four and maybe sometimes five uh, periods. And so they made the effort to change that by making you go for two after the second overtime period. But they'll look at this and say, man, seven uh, is, is just, I really think too much risk, but it's up to you hear about this so seldom now. So do you react by one game that I think was just, um, you know, a real exception to the rule? I, I think it's fun to a degree, but I worry about player safety. And, and uh, I would like to, I would love to see it go, hey, you know, you get two overtime periods and then after that you go for two on your third one and if it's still tied, then it's tied. And, you, you know, you're tied. And, but uh, we'll see if they do address that. You can follow him on Twitter, at Mike Pereira. That is at Mike Pereira. Mike, as always, buddy, appreciate your time with us. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll talk to you next week, my friend. You got it. Safe travels, Mike. Take care. Be sure to catch live editions of the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific.
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 